Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, we have in our studio today Dave Cruz and John Palm with Cross Plan Money Management. And these guys are going to talk to us not only about what they do on a day-to-day basis, but how Christ has made an impact on their, on their lives and how as stewards of other people's money, they can give us an example of how we should be stewards of the money that God has entrusted us. Listen, in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, it's the story of the talents and the minas that the master gives them. You know, the master is going to go away on a long trip and he gives three guys three shares of money. To one guy, he gives five uh, talents. To another guy, he gives two. And to another guy, he gives one. And he says, take care of this money while I'm gone. Invest it. And when I come back, I'll check back with you. And so the master goes away. And after a long time, he returns from his trip. And he checks in with the servant that had five talents, and that servant had invested those talents and gotten five more. He put those talents to work. And the guy that had been given two had invested those talents and been given two more. But the guy that had been given one, he knew that the master was a hard master and expected a lot. And so he just put his head in the ground along with his money and did nothing with it. Didn't even put it on account at the bank. And so when the master said to the guy with the one talent, he said, what did you do? And he goes, master, I knew that you were a harsh man, hard Harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. 
But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags or ten talents. And to those... To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing with their talents, even what little they have will be taken away. You know, these guys were servants. They were stewards. They were fiduciaries, as these guys are here in the studio with me today. They knew their job was to serve the master, so they invested their talents that the master had given them and multiplied them. They had no guarantee of reward. They were just doing what they were asked. They were entrepreneurs. These were business guys. They had to invest in order to double that money. They had to take risks. The one who did nothing with the talent the master had given him had it taken away. You know, during the second half of today's show, we're going to wrestle with that ownership versus stewardship uh, title and and what it has to do with us as Christ followers in business. And we're going to ask that question, does money have a hold on your life? That's the question we're going to ask, because if you think you're an owner of everything you have, money's got a hold on you because we are stewards. Everything we have has been given to us by our Heavenly Father, and we're stewards of that money. Okay, so we have in our and we have in our studio today, live, John Palm with Cross Plan Money Management and Dave Cruz with Cross Plan Money Management. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having us. I wasn't sure about the live part. I had a tough racquetball game this morning, so but but I made it. I yeah, survived. You know, I, the audience needs to know Dave Cruz is my one of my racquetball partners, but he's a guy that I that we play racquetball uh, at least every week. He went out on the disabled list about eight weeks ago because he was trying to do a project that nobody should do on their own, and he twisted his ankle. So today we brought him back in the court, and it was a grueling battle. But I have to tell you, I won. He did. And, yeah, and now now everybody knows. There's thousands of people that know that, Dave. Oh, man. John, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, I'm the guy who had to play Jim left-handed. That's how good at racquetball I am. That's and it's it's no. true. John is is unbelievable. No, I'm happy to be here too, Jim. Thanks. All right, so John, why don't you start off? Tell us a little bit about your family. Say hi to say hi to your family, and and you know I'm sure they're listening. So go ahead, talk about your family. Okay, I'd love to. I'd uh, say hi to um, to my wife Melanie and my five boys, Jake, Clay, Ian, Will, and Ben. Good, you remembered all the names. That right. That's good. And my mom and dad are probably listening too, Paul Palm and Myrna Palm. So hi to you guys. And and really, um, most of what's ingrained in me in the financial um, world and, and anything that I am hopefully doing right has come from my dad. So I would like to say I appreciate that. That's that's a blessing. Cool. Dave, what about you? What about your family? Well, thank you, Jim. Uh, lovely shout out to my wife of 43 years. She's over babysitting right now. I'm going to join her when I'm finished with this. But uh, she's taking care of our granddaughter. And uh, I have three daughters, all married and three grandchildren with one more on the way. So great family. God bless me just greatly. Awesome. You want to mention your girls' names? Tamara is the oldest. She lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Heather Cusmano is my middle daughter. She teaches at Northside Christian. Lindsay Goad is my youngest daughter. Just had the baby, Addie. And she teaches, she did teach at St. Pete Christian. Great girls. God bless me. 
That's cool. We have Dave Cruz and John Palm with Crossplan Money Management in our studio today, live, absolutely live. In the first section of the show, we just started talking with Dave and John about uh, their families, and, and we just were getting into the conversation, and we had to take a break. So, Dave, let's just start off with you. How has Christ made an impact on your life? And uh, let's just start that. How's Christ made an impact on your life? I think the biggest thing, I, I was fortunate enough to be raised in a Christian home, and when I went off to college, I, I asked the Lord into my heart personally and developed a relationship with Him. And then shortly thereafter, a few years thereafter, we had our first child, and then we had a second child that passed away. Mm-hmm. So I had a son besides the three daughters, and during that time, He really brought me closer to Him, and I learned to rely on Jesus at that time. So now in the business world, um, you know, stock market can be very volatile. We went through a period of time in 2008, of course, everybody remembers that that period of time. And through it all, he gave me a peace. And I can imagine other financial advisors getting phone calls and whatnot, but I knew it was in the Lord's hands. And having that to fall back on, you just, just cannot imagine the difference that makes in my life. Has being a follower of Christ made an impact on your marriage? Oh, certainly. I, I've i been married 43 years. I don't know if I said that before or not. You did. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> you got two but, rookies at the table with you. But I, I doubt without the Lord's help and the Lord the Lord picked out my wife for me. She's a lovely lady, but she's my opposite. And, and he knew, God knew what I needed. John, what about you? How does Christ made an impact on your life? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a question, a questioner and a analyst, so I question everything. You know, I mean that's kind of my job, um, as a money manager and an economist, is to ask questions and to cut through all the stuff and really be a skeptic and a, and a cynic to some degree, not in the, a negative way. So. I really question everything, but the one thing that I really don't is my faith, and I, I just absolutely know that Jesus is real, and Jesus is who He said He was is, and without Him, I'm really just nothing. Yeah. I, so I don't know how to say it's an impact. It's 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 really life or death for me. I mean, I. I I would be nothing without Jesus. Yeah, just an encouragement out to everybody listening today. I mean, it is, it's so often people think that they need to get into arguments with other people about how Christ has made an impact on their life and and about Jesus. And and bottom line is, if all we ever do is just share from our own hearts Mm -hmm. on how Christ has made an impact, nobody can refute that because nobody can, nobody could say, he didn't do that. You're like, no, because he did. He did. He made a huge impact on my life. I mean, I would not be here, obviously. I wouldn't be here if Christ hadn't made an impact. All right. So you two are financial planners. which, you know, for some people, that's a scary thing. And in a world of, I mean, Pinellas County, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of other financial planners are out there, but you guys are different. What's your specialty? Dave, why don't you start off, and then John, you could jump in. What's your specialty? Well, like many others, we do manage portfolios of people's money. But I think when Paul Palm, John's father, started the business back in 89, he wanted something different for clients, and he knew, he recognized the fact that if people lose the money, it, it takes twice as much to make it up. So he wanted risk management in every portfolio. And I think that part 
of portfolios has remained with us through the time, and we've always looked for ways to reducing risk as much as possible while still getting a, a decent return. Well, and John, risk that risk management then falls on you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, in addition to that, which I think differentiates us, um, you know, the sayings out there, it's more important the return of your capital than the return on your capital. And the, the point our clients have got gotten to in life, um, they've gotten to with a lot of hard work and with going to work every day and doing their job and, and excelling. And the, the last thing they want to do is lose that money. So, so our number one job is to protect their assets. And then number two is to provide a return. And, um, you know, the, the other thing that, that we get to do every day is everybody is unique. And so there's no cookie cutter approach to financial planning or asset management. So it really takes... We, we take our time with our clients, and I think that's what, what really differentiates us. So is that what, how you guys build trust? I mean, you're taking time. I mean, I, I know that there are some cookie-cutter financial planning. I mean, there's some huge financial planners in this county. There's one that, you know, they sponsor a, some football stadium thing. You know, but you guys, I mean, describe. I mean, what, how are you guys building trust with your customers? I, I think knowing our customers, I, I, my portfolio, I do not have over 50 clients. So I know each one personally, most of them, if not all of them, I consider to be very good friends. And that in itself is not that big a deal, but knowing what their goals are is a big deal. I have to get inside their head and say, hey, what would he want in this situation? What's his, what's his goal five years down the road? Does he want to leave it to his family? Does he want to grow it? Does he want to be able to give more to the church? So I, I, I end up knowing what they want to do. Hey, John, okay, so the markets are rising right now, okay? I mean, they're on an upwards really all year long, okay? The economy, quote unquote, picking up. I mean, I see business owners willing to spend a little bit more money on their IT services, so I see it out there. It definitely feels, last year we had that artificial kind of swing up in January and February, and then it went crash and was dead all year long. But this year, it seems like it's sustained a little bit better. Uh, is this an artificial increase? Are the markets being propped up, or is this, it's real? Give us some of your risk analysis. Well, that's a that's a good question, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Don't people have to pay a fee for that? No. Um, well, they know, do. You know, they I want think, to call you guys. I, yeah, I sure. think it's you know we have to take a contrarian approach all the time. So the the markets always look out 15, 18, 24 months ahead of the economy. What the markets I think are telling us is that we think, the, the big money's telling us, we think things are getting better. It's slowly, it's slow, it's sure, it's steady, and people disbelieve it. But that's what it takes for a market to go up, is for people to disbelieve it. Otherwise, there wouldn't be money in the money market or sitting in the banks, sitting in CDs. Really, the what what in your parable, in the parable, not your parable, but Jesus's parable, would be the, the the people who aren't earning a return on their 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 money. So we're working with people every day saying how can we put a little bit of this to work and make a little bit more and be more like the 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 other stewards who were able to bring back a decent return. Things haven't changed much in 2000 years have they? <laughs> Same problem. Yeah, uh, and it's a conundrum that people are dealing with with their money and we realize that and that's that's why we just simply want to come along as a coach and a helper 
and just prod them along with what they're already doing right. All right, so let's let's take a little bit about your, your business practices. How have you guys been able to incorporate your faith in Christ into what you do every day? Well, of course, the easiest part for me, I guess, is those clients who do not believe in Jesus as their Savior, because that opens up the door for me to have that conversation with them. So that that part that part's the easiest. Uh, easiest to be a witness in and and I do have that conversation frequently with them and it's very interesting and and um, to tell you the truth they enjoy it that's probably lost you some customers though as well hasn't it I don't think so now, I I really don't no I don't think any clients have left for that reason in fact some of them bring up the subject before I do which is a great inroad and I think people are searching for something they don't know what they're searching for especially clients of mine that that may have made their millions already they're looking for something and so they're questioning they, they want to know what it is but they don't know what it is they've got an empty hole they want to fill exactly john, what about you john how are you, how is your faith in christ incorporated into what you do on a day-to-day -day basis well i it, it, it's hard for me to answer that because it's 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 ingrained in me when i when i wake up but you know, I think I have a lot of clients who, most of my clients, I, I think, are believers, but I have clients who who have um, different viewpoints, and I, I try to get up in the morning and do the, the absolute best job I can with what's in front of me, whether that be my family, my, my, my work, or my, um, my workmates like Dave Cruz, and, and you know... Um, do it with excellence and and serve and um try to focus people back on what's really important in life i mean does that really set you guys apart from the competition probably most of the competition there's other there's other christian financial advisors out there i'm sure that do a fine job of that but but probably 90 percent of them it sets us apart and i think most financial companies in our position concentrate on the sales you said you're a salesman which, right. that's great everybody needs a salesman but i think i used to be in the banking business for much of my career and it was all about sales that's where it began and that's where it ended and there's a lot more to it than the sales part of it we have dave cruz and john palm with cross plan money management in the studio with us today live breathing right behind their microphone in case you missed the first half of the show dave and john and i we, we just remembered a conversation about how christ has made an impact in their own life how christ made an impact in their business and as financial planners with cross plan money management how it's affected how they do business so now we're going to kind of transition over to our, our, our kind of controversial topic of the day which is stewardship versus ownership and these guys are the experts to talk about this because as financial planners they are fiduciaries they are stewards of other people's money it is their job to take other people's money treat it like their own with the respect that that needs invest it and gain a return for people so that they can get it back and they get paid a little bit along the way but they're stewards and so as we talk about the biblical example of getting everything we have from god and investing it and getting a return towards the eternal kingdom that we look forward to 
These guys are experts. Let's take a look at a scripture first. First Chronicles 29.11 is David speaking. And he's saying, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. O our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I, David says, and who are my people, that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us us. Okay. David seems to understand that God was the source of all the resources available to him. What's the difference between stewardship and ownership? Who wants to get in on that first? What's the difference? Don't fight for the microphone, guys. Dave, what's the difference between stewardship and ownership? Well, I think commonly we think stewardship is uh, taking care of somebody else's property or, or money. I looked, I, I looked it up in the dictionary, and, and it's the careful management of assets. Now, whether it's your own assets or somebody else's assets is probably uh, depends on how you want to look at it. But regardless, it's the careful management of, some, of someone's assets. John, you want well, to add to that? Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to be the guy to throw out a big, big-name quote, but I will. <laughs> um, C.S. Lewis said, every faculty... And every, our power of thinking, our moving of our limbs, everything is given to us from, from God, moment by moment. And that's a loose uh, quote. I don't want to steal it from him. But everything's, everything has been given to us from God. And, and I, you know, just to really to think about it in terms of just assets of financial assets or your net worth statement is, you know, gets, gets small. And every day I have to widen my perspective and say, you know, my biggest, the biggest assets I have in, in my life is, is, um, is Jesus. Number two is my, is my wife and my kids. And number three is the rest of my family. And, and you know, work is very important. And, and building up a net worth statement is, you know, a lot of our clients have done that throughout their life. But now where they are today, we want to help them look at all of their, their assets, including their family, their, their um the things that they're passionate about and help them have the time to um, to give to to those things. I mean, that's probably the biggest asset we have, Jim, is time. <laughs> yeah, and it's ticking away right now. And, and it is amazing because, you know, I remember my parents saying, and yes, hi, Mom and Dad, I know you're listening. I remember my parents saying when I was a little kid that, man, when you get older, time flies and it picks up, and every day it seems like it goes faster. And I will tell you, as 47 years old, well, I'm almost 47, I mean, time, just ridiculous how fast it's going. All right, Dave, why should we see ourselves as stewards and not owners? Well, I, I think seeing ourselves as stewards puts us that extra care on us. I, I, personally, my own property, I probably don't take care of as well as I do somebody else's. So if we're in charge of somebody else's property, it's a, man, you, you don't want to go back to that person and say, man, I, I just crashed your car or something. I mean, you, you're going to take better care of it than your own, I think. Hmm. All right. So what about the discussion? How long do we get to keep our stuff? I mean, John, you were just saying, hey, people build up their portfolios. They're, you know, they're trying to save, you know, the nest egg thing. But how long do we get to keep our stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think people, I think people know that, 
really, when you dig down with people. They know what? No one's gonna. No one's gonna say, you know, I'm a pharaoh and I want to be buried with everything. I mean, we know that. the The problem is acting like that every day. You know, how do you get up in the morning and act like you're like that? And that's the that's the challenge. You know, that's the process of of um, working out your your faith. There are no U-Hauls behind the hearse. No. I mean, no. We, so either it's death or taxes. So, you know, we'll our, most of the people we work with are know that in their heart. They know that in their mind. And we just want to be there as, a, as an extra voice to say, how much is enough? Have you made enough? What, what are your passions right now? Where do you want to direct your time and resources? And, you know, when you look at Jesus... There's no question about it. He spent time with the poor, the widows, the disenfranchised. And, and if we're not lining our, if we want to line ourselves up with Jesus and we're not doing that, then then that's a good question, isn't it? It is a good yeah. question. All right. So if we look at ourselves as a steward instead of an owner, how's that going to change or, or would that change the way you make financial decisions? When, when you look at it yourself as a steward versus an owner, how does that affect your decision making process? I guess it goes back to risk management that we were talking about earlier. Uh, when Jesus in the parable gave them the talents and expected a return, the guy who buried it, let alone losing it, was in trouble. And we certainly don't want to put ourselves or our clients in that position where, where we, we were given things, we were given blessings from God and then we squandered it. I mean, that's that's got to be... Uh, w when the good Lord comes back and says, well done, good and faithful s servant, we want to be in that camp. Yeah, and I think there's that danger for many people who have lots and lots and lots of stuff that um, they spend so much time managing their stuff that they don't, they don't even have a perspective on, e on eternity. Yeah, I mean, we're taught very well. I think in this country, we're taught very well how to be hard workers. Um, then we're taught on the outgoing side, we're taught very well how to be good consumers. You know, nobody's, there's there's not a big voice out there to teach the other side of outgoing money, which is giving, and which is, um, you know, how much of this uh, should be dedicated to an investment that really has a time horizon of eternity. You know, when, when we try to focus our people out to a five or a 10 year or 20 year time horizon and say, this is what you need to be looking at, well, we need to really be focusing our clients on the, the time horizon of eternity. What what is the what is the best value for your investment today? And that is putting money back into the kingdom, helping the poor, helping those people, the the widows and, and the and the the children without parents. That's where as believers we need to be dedicating quote unquote investment money. Yeah, it's it's a. I learned something through Crown Ministries years ago that a very humbling thing. Everything we own, including our homes, if our world lasts long enough, everything we own will end up in a in a dump in a landfill someday. Everything, mm -hmm. including our homes, it'll all end up in a landfill someday. And that's just an amazing thought. There's nothing that has a, a, that of stuff that lasts. All right. So David was talking uh, about God, everything coming from God. What does it mean to honor God with our finances? John, what do you well, think? Well, I mean, what? these are difficult. These are very difficult questions. And most <laughs> believers really, 
want to do this. They really do. I believe they, they I believe their hearts, if you, if you have the Holy Spirit in your heart, you're directed and you want to do this. And, and that's where we really feel a, a special honor to be able to come alongside our clients and walk them through some of these issues. We don't tell them what to do or how to do it. We simply help bring out what's in their heart already and then help help give them some accountability and a little bit of a push in the right direction. And that's usually all, all people need. So uh, go ahead, Jim. All right, Dave, I, was, I just wanted you to comment before we go to the next break. How are people using their money to make an impact on eternal investments? What are people doing? What are some people doing with their money to make an eternal impact? Well, of course, there's so many opportunities in missions. That's the first thing that comes to our mind is, is missions, either foreign missions or right in our backyard. Um, but I think John brought up a good point. You know, he was talking about the heart. And I think this, this may set you back. This may start you thinking. But I don't think Jesus cares what we give him. It really doesn't matter to him. He doesn't need our money. He's got, he, could, he could have all the money he wants for whatever cause, but he wants our heart in the right place. Mm-hmm. If our heart's in the right place, we're going to get it to where it needs to go, in missions or, or whatever the case can be. Uh, there's so many there's so many needy things. Now, the, the Bible tells us, first of all, to take care of the widows and orphans. And I think we need to do that before we go anyplace else. And I love Dave's comment. It's a perfect segue into the next segment of the show. We have Dave Cruz and John Palm with Cross Plan Money Management in the studio with us today. Dave and John and I have been talking about stewardship and money and uh, stewardship versus ownership. And does money have a hold on your heart? And right before the break, Dave said, you know what? Jesus doesn't need your money. He just wants your heart. And that was a perfect segue into the the next conversation. So, guys, thanks for being in the studio today. Let's look at a scripture. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. All right, so what arguments have you guys heard about the command to tithe and give to your local church? I mean, that's really where it starts with. I mean, this whole tithing giving thing. Who wants to start? Don't fight over the microphone, guys. <laughs> well, we're not because we're both kind of scared to, to... You know, you know. there's... I like to focus... Uh, I mean, I like to think about it as giving because I, I, th- I think when you give people the freedom to operate out of, out of love and out of their heart and out of what God's prompting them to do, I think about, you know, just, just recently we had a, 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 a religious leader in, in our office and he even made the statement, you know, he said, I'd, I'd rather not have people give to my church if it's not, if the Holy Spirit is not prompt, prompting them to do so. I really don't want the money. And that's really a unique uh, viewpoint from a, from a leader. But I think that's what, what God wants from us is he wants our heart and he wants us to do that cheerfully. But it takes faith. For him to say that takes faith. Yeah. Oh, it, absolutely. Absolutely, because I mean, that's where his paycheck's coming from. That's right. <laughs> that's right. All right, but how can a practice of regular giving help you honor God with your finances? I mean, how does that, how does that work? Well, of course, the example's always given in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, of the first fruits. And um, 
many of us many of us knew Charlie Martin when he was a local pastor here, and he taught his children something very very special. I think he said, "Okay, give God the first ten percent of your money, and yourself the next ten percent." Now I don't think that's anything that we're commanded to do, but it's a good guideline to get started anyway. All right, so there's this formula that I, that I learned in Crown Ministries: one hundred. 100% minus 10% still equals 100%. Any of you guys want to uh, tell me what that means? Yeah, I mean there's 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 better men than us that that have that have given 90%. You know, I think of uh, Laterno and his goal was to give away 90% and that's that might be a luxury, but you know, I I think the point you're making is you really can't outgive God. And if I think of something that my dad ingrained in me from an early age and taught in all kinds of places, is he, he just said over and over, John, you can't outgive God. You really can't. So if you, if you're, what you're saying is if you give away this 10%, it's going to come back. It comes back in spades, and it comes back according to our need. Well, and, and I think really what, what it meant to me was, okay, I have 100% of what I need. Okay, but God's asking me to trust him with 10%. And he's asking me to do that so that my money doesn't have a control of my heart. It's not control. I mean, I'm not totally freaked out about this 100% that I need. He's asking me, Jim, trust me with that 10% and you will have 100% of what you need. So 100 minus 10 equals 100. And I have seen him show it over and over again. And what I've also seen is that he's asked me to take a step beyond 10 and beyond 11 and to go keep going as I've walked in my faith to keep giving more. It's yeah. not it's not easy to do. I, I struggle with that. I have fear that, you know, I'm I'm getting older. I've got a few years on You here. are getting older. On the <laughs> yeah. court this morning, got, you look rough. <laughs> tell no, you. no, tell the truth now. <laughs> <laughs> but but that fear's in the back of your mind. Can I run out of this money? And so it is a struggle for many of us, uh, even though we have faith in God and, and we say we do, um, and we do, that's in the back of our mind that, hey, what, what will happen if I'm... Yeah, and if you, if you widen that to your, to your time and your life, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there who have de- dedicated their time and their families to, to, to ministry or to... Uh, I, I know a family who's dedicated themselves to missions and to... Um, giving themselves, and, and you know that that's a that's a, a giving of what we have been given by God, our time, and, and that's probably you know the biggest asset that any of us have. I think of another family that I'm sure gives money, but they've they've decided to give a lot of their time to to helping orphans and putting foster kids in their right. in their family, and the, these are you know that's what we want to do with our clients is just to help them along the road to widen their perspective about the difference between God's economy and man's economy. All right, we're going we're gonna to move on to the book section of our show. This part of our program is brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Each week, we like to highlight a couple of books that will help you gain perspective on incorporating Christ into your workplace. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been part of the Largo community for over 28 years. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Almerton Road in Largo, their 2,400-square-foot store is open to the public seven days a week. Check them out, out online at shopcaris, C-H-A-R-I-S dot com. Shopcaris.com. Be the 120th person to like I Work For Him on Facebook, and we'll send you the book from today's show. All right, and it's also important to note, my wife runs this bookstore. She's gorgeous, and we just celebrated our 27th wedding anniversary this past Friday night. All right, the book we're going to highlight today is Fields of Gold by Andy Stanley, and it addresses this issue 
what up front really the fear a place beyond our deepest fears when we fear about holding on to our money and how God can take eliminate the fear of worrying about will I have enough and showing us how giving is such an incredible blessing it's all about that and I read this book this weekend it's been in my uh, in my bookcase for years and it's a fantastic book it, it, the question is says two kinds of givers people who give what's left over people who give off the top and live on what's left over which one of those givers is you all right next week on the i work for him show on five at 5 p.m on monday afternoon right here on inspiration am 11 10 wtis will be our first full hour call-in show the topic will be can you hire and fire someone in a Christ-like manner? Make sure you tune in because I know everybody's got an opinion on this and I've been told both sides of it. No way you can't do it or yes, you can. So, all right, here's my question out to the audience. Does God bless us to increase our status of living or to increase our status of giving? That's the question. Are you one of those givers of your leftovers or are you give, a giver right from the top and give and live on what's left over? That's the question. You know, I want to thank you, Dave Cruz, John Palm. Thank you guys for being on the show today. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, it's been a fun conversation. You know, it's so important that we uh, that we look at our money and look at it as stewards, and I, I think you guys have helped us draw that out. Again, thanks to Dave Cruz, John Palm from Crossplan Money Management. Check their website out, dkcrossplan.com, dkcrossplan.com, or give them a call, 727-398-7900. That's 727-398-7900. Please check out my website, the iworkforhim.com website. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. There's all kinds of great resources on the site, and the site's getting better every week, and especially links to all of our show sponsors, including the link to the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay, because that's how we're trying to draw together Christian businesses from all over the, the Tampa Bay region. That's iworkforhim.com. Please take time to like us on Facebook to search for I Work For Him. Finally, I, want, I need to get people on the show that are willing to share how Christ has made an impact on their lives life and the life of their business please send me an email to jim at iworkforhim.com that's jim at iworkforhim.com thanks to mike miracle for being an awesome engineer give me great signals keeping me in tune and online all the time all right remember that question does god bless us to increase our status of living or to increase our status of giving why we need to ask that question the money's not all ours god's given it to us it's so important that we recognize that. Are you a giver of leftovers or do you live on your leftovers? Listen, you've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I am a Christ follower. I own my own business and I am an employee. I work for him. I work for him.